Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Few people embody a positive, powerful, and balanced approach to living well during midlife, quite like broadcaster and host of the Midpoint podcast, Gabby Logan. At 47, the mum of two feels as good as she did in her 30s and is passionate about women her age and older, truly owning their place on TV, as she's very much doing right now, hosting the BBC's coverage of the Six Nations. The way she sees it, she's only become more experienced and more skilled in those intervening years. And, as you'll find out, she's really fine-tuned the way she maintains her health and wellness too. Hello, I'm Roisin Devonshire-Kane and this is Going For Goal, the weekly women's health podcast. On this show, we call on top experts to share the tools you need to make good on the health goals that matter to you. And chat to our favourite celebrities and wellness heavyweights about what they do to feel and function at their best. And this week, it's Gabby's turn to chat Editor-in-Chief Claire Sanderson through her feel-good habits and health goals. You'll hear about her fitness regimen, what it's really been like to parent in a pandemic, and why it's so important to her to prioritise her gut health. But what really sets this conversation apart is how open Gabby is about less well-trodden grounds. It's a really great listen. Hope you enjoy. Over to Claire. Hi, Gabby. Hello, Claire. Hi, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Very good. good. It's, it's a very pertinent question to ask, actually, because we are in lockdown at the moment. So when someone says, how are you? And it's just a, you know, a good response. Really, how, how is life for you at the moment? Yeah, it's... I, it's quite, quite, I've been quite busy, actually, because sport came back um, about June, didn't it, last year? That's when the first live sport started. So I started doing a lot of telework from then on really because um the, the the normal seasons have just kind of all merged and clashed and so we've had one week I did rugby athletics and football in the same week you know so it's it's all been quite um quite a mishmash of stuff it's not really kind of taken any you know regular order but that's fine and I've been going to grounds and getting to see live sport and having uh, conversations with people other than my children and my husband so I feel quite lucky really so I can't complain and We've got, we live in a rural area. We've got a bit of space. I know we're, you know, kind of very privileged to have, you know, stuff to do. And I've got a nice gym at home. So, so I'm, I do feel very lucky and I feel very privileged that, you know, that we are, um, have, we've got teenagers as well, by the way. So, so I haven't got like kids under five, you know, and seven year olds that need constant attention. So I know it could be very different. I mean, the uncertainty, the anxiety that everybody kind of has, you know, in some, to some degree, definitely. I've had a bit of that, but um, yeah, I'm okay. 
you've just described my life that I have an eight year old and a five year old. Right. Home. So, so yeah, top trumps. Oh. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so stressful. I, I give me work any day. Yeah, I just I went for a walk this morning with. Um, a friend of mine who is a teacher, her son and my son are best mates and she teaches at his old school and she teaches year fours and she had parents evening on Zoom last night and everything. And I was asking her how it was as a teacher, you know, and are the parents being responsive kind of, you know, she said, it's so interesting. Some parents, they want more, you know, they want, they want kind of, can you organize our playtimes on Zoom? You know, she's going, well, no, (laughs) others don't seem to be doing anything. You know, she's, she said, we'll just have to deal with it. You know, it's just when they come back, we'll have to, see where they are really so your children are older you have um twin a twin boy and a girl how have they coped have they, have they been homeschooling or have they sat on zoom all day every yeah day they've sat teachers? on zoom all day um and um they've had it was funny when they, when we went back in this time my son had moved um his his computer to the dining room the first time so that they didn't have to work in the set because they've got a kind of homework room which normally is fine to share that space but if you're going to be on a zoom all day long you can't mm. share that space I mean I know that with my husband I've just kicked him out of the office his, his office is up just around the corner here where the dog's lying you can see behind me and he was just on a call and I said you're gonna have to get off I'm about to do a podcast <laughs> and um and the kids separated um, in the first lockdown and my son took the dining room because I wasn't going to be having many dinner parties was I so he took the dining room and he loves it it's a really gorgeous big dining room and so he's kind of like got this massive space to himself and when he moved back in in January he said oh I'm a bit nostalgic I feel like I'm coming <laughs> but um, so they I the thing I worry about with them is they're looking at a computer screen all day long aren't they you know they go he goes off and works out at lunchtime she's lucky because she's got um horses so she'll go every day she hacks at lunchtime so she's living the dream for a horsey person you know because she gets to do more riding than she's ever done so she's really lucky um but the social aspect of being a teenager is gone hasn't it you know they've had almost a year with that whole kind of social life disappeared and um that part I do worry about because the younger generation I think they've got more of a innate mental resilience in that they're more in tune with mindfulness some of them practice them at Mm. school I think that you said in a previous interview that your children do at their school but equally they've been thrust into this unprecedented very overused word this year I know but this unprecedented situation and I I do worry about the long-term impact that's going to have on them for instance anxiety about being in crowds and being in social situations is this something that you discussed with your two um I'm I'm not so much worried about that I mean I suppose with kids my son is incredibly sociable so after I speak to you and, and he finishes his school day he said can you run me down to Beaconsfield which is our little local town and he said, um, I'm just going to go for a walk with uh, a friend, and uh, for, which I'm happy for him to do, you know, to go walking with their mates and to go for a bike ride with their mates, because otherwise they don't. But he would do that every day because he's very good at being proactive about his social life, if you like. Whereas my daughter, because of she's busy with school and horses and stuff, I, I had to kind of almost force her to organise a walk at the weekend. I said, get somebody to, you know, because I could see her getting kind of a little bit down and a little bit... Um, unmotivated and she just needed that kind of you know somebody else to 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 be with and she's less sociable you know she's she's very you know she loves going out but she's more likely to want to work and finish off her homework and she's very studious and conscientious and I think school provided a really great place for her to socialize as well so so I do you know I do worry at the moment I don't I think afterwards they'll be out there I think I I, you know mine are the kind of age where I think they just want to get out, don't they? They want to be doing their sport. They want to be doing the social stuff. The thing that I think the, that concerns me is kind of, um, you know, younger kids who aren't 
you know, able to express that, I suppose. They're able to express that. But younger kids don't quite have the vocabulary, do they? And I don't mean they haven't got the words. They just don't know why they're feeling something. Whereas mine have been very good, as you say, the, the whole kind of mindfulness conversation that goes on at school and around the media and social media, they're good at saying, I feel rubbish today, which is great. And it sounds like you have a very communicative household. So you, you have these conversations with each other. You encourage your loved ones to be open with each other. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and we, you know, we regularly, um, we have all our meals together anyway, but in lockdown, obviously we do. And we'll sit at the dinner table and have a chat about their day and what's going on and try and I'm trying to put things in for them to look forward to as well. So I've, I'm trying to book a week away in the summer, just in the UK, obviously. I'm struggling to get a house at the moment. <laughs> I'm kind of like, um, but somewhere that they can bring friends. And I said, you can bring two friends each. And that took an hour of conversation last night because they were so excited about it. And I realized then, actually, I need to do more of this. I need to put other things, even if it's day trips, just things to look forward to, to think about. And um, and when I told the other parents that their kids, you know, had been invited and stuff, the parents were so excited for the kids because I think it's just what I realized last night when I was getting these replies, we, we all need that, don't we? We all need to have something to look forward to. And um, even if we have to cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the parents are excited for themselves i think yeah. like, oh, I've, I've seen so much of my kids i can't wait to get rid of them I'm one of them like, oh, one of them did <laughs> say one of them did reply with are you mad you know oh. <laughs> taking six 16 year olds they'll all be then they'll all be 16 and um they all think they're going to have this like riotous summer post gcse summer so um yeah maybe i am a bit mad <laughs> but um i'd rather be kind of like you know on top of them and know what's going on you know if we go away than me thinking oh my god they're away somewhere what are they doing yes exactly <laughs> i true story i went to magaloof with, with at, 16. 40, at 16 i don't know how my mother left ah. me with 14 girls from the south wales valleys oh I my mean, gosh <laughs> Were you, part, were you part of a reality show or something? That sounds oh, no, insane. There was, there was no such thing then, but we should have been. We should have been. You I know, don't, my... I'm not going to let my kids hear this podcast because they'll go, see, mum, we <laughs> My daughter won't be going away when she's 16 no. to Magaluf. Absolutely no chance. <laughs> I, want, I want to be in your family because my husband, last summer, I think had a bit of a midlife crisis and spent thousands on camping equipment because we... <laughs> because we couldn't go away so we now own so much camping equipment you can he's rent like, it. He, this summer he's planning all these camping trips so i'm like don't get ahead of yourself the minute we're allowed abroad we are going <laughs> well i just think it's so risky to book an abroad holiday this summer isn't yeah. it you know right. so i just thought last summer i spent about a week of my life unraveling trips you know and trying to get refunds on flights because it was my mum's 70th I'd booked this amazing house in Mallorca. I'd never done anything like this. I'd paid for flights for my sister to come from America, my brother and his girlfriend, oh. and my mom. I'd done, and of course, I'd done them all separately. I'd done every single one of the bookings, yeah. kind of to get the best prices. I hadn't done like you know a block booking, so I had and caterers and all sorts. And um, I still don't know if I've been refunded by American Airlines for my my, my sister's flight. But um, I thought to myself, right, I'm not going through that again. We need places we can get in the car. And go in the end. We went to Scotland last year in the car, and um, we've done Scotland two summers running. So I know the kids are a bit Scotland outed for their, <laughs> for their summer holidays. So, oh, just just to have some, I don't know, see the sea. When you live inland, you just want to see the sea, don't you? So that'd be nice. So your podcast is called The Midpoint, That's and right. your tagline is that you're middle aged and, <laughs> and ashamed. So what's being middle aged mean to you? Um, it, I am. Um, what does it mean to me? It means different things all the time because I'm always interviewing and chatting to people in that period of life. 
who have such different perspectives. And so um, I'm so glad I've done this project. I started it at the beginning of the first lockdown because it was something I'd wanted to do for a while and I had the time. And I'm just loving it. I'm loving the, um, the, the, the creativity that you can kind of just go and do something on your own. You know, it's, I'm not doing it with the BBC or anybody else. And it's given me a real kind of reason to read around the subject, to get very knowledgeable about various areas of kind of this period of our life in terms of the physical side of things, the mental side of things. And so it's, I suppose what it means to me right now is it's, it's quite empowering, you know, and I feel like it's a period where this has given me confidence to try other projects off my own back, you know, and to feel that I can do stuff that's, you know, I've been wanting to do, it's been burning up inside me for a while. And, and so the freedom that having teenagers brings as well, because obviously their independence is growing and in a couple of years time, they'll be gone. And so, yeah, I feel quite free. <laughs> that's what, that's what midlife feels. And you've had some really interesting guests on there. You, you've had Davina McCall, who is a friend of Women's Health Actor. She's been on our cover and Mariella Fostrap. And one of the things they've spoken about at length is, is the menopause and the perimenopause. And that's definitely a conversation that wonderfully is gaining pace and, and gaining um, more amplification. Um, is Would you mind sharing your perimenopause story? I know that you started experiencing Yeah, symptoms. yeah. So just going back just slightly. So the, the midpoint isn't just about that. Because I wanted, because um, there are podcasts, you know, that are kind of very much more focused on women's issues. And I wanted to do a podcast with men and women. So I tend to, tend to flip-flop. So it's 50-50. One week it'll be a man, male guest, one week a female guest. And the reason I wanted to do that was be, partly because of the menopause, perversely, because I feel like it's a conversation that is growing kind of in its, its volume and people, more people are talking about it. But also, you know, men work alongside women. Men are married to women. And I think men need to also know what's going on because um, we need to kind of have that empathy and understanding of what's happening to our partners and our friends. And our. And men also have physical changes. You know, they don't happen in quite the most dramatic way that women's kind of do in terms of the rate of drop off of the hormones. But I just did not understand fully what was happening or going to happen to me. I'll be honest, you know, before I started um, this, in this area. And that's partly why I wanted to explore it. And so what I did was in Mariella's episode, she talked about this doctor. I don't know if you remember, she talked about going to see a doctor and having it explained to her and having her bloods done. And after the podcast, I said, could you give me the name of the doctor? <laughs> and I booked an appointment to go and see this doctor that she'd raved about. I mean, it could have been any doctor, but I just kind of, you know, when you, you like a referral, don't you, from somebody and you like to know somebody's trusted somebody. And so I went and had my bloods done for the first time ever in terms of hormone checking. And basically I was almost, I'm almost... I'm, never, I'm probably never going to have a period again, basically. <laughs> so, so I'm kind of almost through that part of my life, which I had no idea, first of all, that they could tell that from the bloods. You know, I was like, what? How can you know that? And she said, you might have one or two. And because I hadn't had very dramatic symptoms, um, I didn't realise I was even perimenopausal. And because um, I had IVF, she explained that, that your menopause can come earlier. And I also didn't know that. So I was getting all this kind of knowledge and information um, very, very quickly kind of, you know, explaining things about, about me and what was going on. And um, she said, look, your hormones are kind of like way down, you know, to where they should be. And, and actually the reason you're feeling so tired is this, the reason why your skin is feeling dry is this. And, you know, and so just explaining how the hormones work in relation to my body and what was going on. And so I made the decision that, um, that I would use some bioidentical hormones because she explained the risks and what, you know, what, what they were and the benefits and what they were. And I think everybody's decision is completely individual. You know, you, whether you want to do that or not is, is totally up to you. But I felt like, well, I'm not feeling the best version of me that I can feel right now. And I don't want to kind of 
I don't want to just kind of um, allow myself to slow for no reason. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just because it's, you know, I'd like to feel better. Um, and it wasn't, it's such a steady kind of feeling that you don't notice almost that your energy might have dropped off or that you're, you know, you feel like I'm falling, uh, feeling sleepy at three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever it is that is happening to you. So, um, so that's where I am really. And that's been about six months since I saw her. And um, I feel, you know, I feel really good. And I'm very lucky because I haven't had a lot of the more ag- aggressive symptoms that you get with um, the menopause. I haven't had night sweats or kind of, you know, feeling um, itchy skin, like some of the things that sound really quite aggravating. Mm. So I too take HRT and I started having the symptoms when I was about 39 and I really? was com- completely unaware that this was even possible at that age. You know, I had my last child when I was 37. Mm. But that's that's classed as early. That's classed as early, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the perimenopausal symptoms can start and they can go on for years. They can go on for like 10 years or something. But but I too had the blood test, which said your my estrogen was a six of what it should be. My testosterone was low. But even as the editor-in-chief of Women's Health, I hadn't heard the phrase perimenopause. And that was, no. you know, I'm 42 now, so it was some time ago. And the conversation has definitely gathered pace. And I think as a brand like Women's Health, we're talking about it. You and I are talking about it now. And, and people like Davina and Mariella and, and Meg Matthews. And I do believe the, the more women of our generation in their 40s who start owning the ageing process, the better. Because, for instance, you work in TV. There was a time not so long ago where you, you there was a shelf life um, for, for yeah, TV yeah. presenters. And um, Susanna Reid gave an interview recently where she said that she thinks that ship has sailed and she thinks there's no longer a shelf life and, and, and older women are owning their, their place on TV. Is that something you would agree with? Or Yeah, I mean, I, this is part of the reason why I wanted to look into this as well, because... I, on the inside, didn't feel, you know, dramatically different to the 32-year-old me. So, you know, yes, I've got more lines and, you know, yes, I, you know, I, of course I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking exactly the same as I did when I was 32. That would be, unless I was, you know, incredibly lucky, that would be fairly unique, wouldn't it, to look exactly the same as you did in your early 30s. But I also felt like I've got more experience and there's more I want to do and I'm better at my job. And, you know, so all those things that you kind of are plus points for being a bit older. (laughs) I just didn't want to stop work just because of being a certain age. And being able to keep those conversations going in in, on live television and all those things requires obviously mental dexterity and cognitive ability. And so when I was reading about some of the effects of menopause were to do, you know, kind of to do with the slowing off of the cognitive overload, which Davina talks about on the Midpoint podcast, I said, like, okay, I need to look at this because actually I'm doing live TV for hours and hours on end. I can't just forget something in the, in the middle of a conversation. So, and I think that applies to a lot of women in high powered and high performance jobs where, you know, they suddenly disappear from boards or from being the CEO because they don't quite get there because of this period of their life that can cause confusion physically and emotionally and mentally. So, for me, it's really important that women keep pushing through, you know, so and get those top jobs and, and are still in politics and are still in, you know, frontline business and still in whatever the profession is, you know, that, that it's not because of what happens to them in their menopause that they disappear. That that would be a travesty, wouldn't it? That, you know, we've got all this um, ability to to help with our well-being and we're not giving the information correctly. So people don't necessarily take it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So you've obviously been a lifelong devotee to, to well-being. You were a competitive gymnast. You competed in the Commonwealth Games for Wales. And then when your career was cut short, when you were 17, um, you then continued other types of fitness throughout university and beyond. And, and you, you've said that it made you better at everything then. And you're, you're really pleased that you took that route when you could have taken a different route. So um, you're, you're now in your late 40s. What does wellness look like for you now? Um, wellness um, is intrinsically tied up with fitness, you know, for me in terms of um, my mental well-being is definitely boosted by the the pheromones that come from my physical well-being and working out and so uh, at the moment um i'm doing a lot of online stuff because you know that's that's the way the way it is and doing some really nice classes and i've got um i've got back into training with a trainer i trained for years a guy who called meldino i used to train with i've been doing a few sessions with him online and a few hit classes i might do some yoga go for a run doing loads of walking and it's definitely helping me get through this period. Um, and, and also the energy that's created, you know, from that movement, I find is very positive. You know, you need, you can't sit at your desk all day in front of a Zoom and, you know, you've got to get out and get some fresh air as well. Even if the weather's rubbish, I, I don't mind. I just get out and make sure you've got the right shoes on and go and, you know, breathe the air. Um, so that's, that's really important to me, the physical side of wellness. And then there is the side, obviously, that is about being um, in the moment, I think, is probably the best way to describe it, you know, and to not to not look too far ahead in terms of, I mean, I know kind of you want to have things to look forward to, but but at the moment we're so out of control, I think, you know, that what's happening is, is within none of our grasp, is it, in our control. So you have to release that idea that you can control this. And I think if you're somebody that's always been in control of what you do and, you know, very organised and all that kind of thing, there's quite... Um, uh, it's, it's a bit of a, a bit of friction, isn't there, between what you'd really like to happen and what is happening. So, to achieve more balance and to achieve better uh, wellness, I've had to learn to just kind of go, okay, I'm hold my hands up. I, you know, what's happening around me is is nothing that I can affect, and what I can affect is my own well being, which then trickles down into my family. So, um, it's been an effort. <laughs> And you're a great um, advocate for gut health, aren't you? And the, and how 
your your gut is your second brain and can massively influence yeah. your your holistic well being. Yeah. Yeah, I got um I've always I've always known that, you know, and I I think um if you if you feel like you've got IBS, if you feel like you've got gut issues, there is something else going on, you know, that's not how you should feel. And so many people live with those feelings not knowing really because it becomes almost normal and and um and there's something either is going wrong in your diet that's not good for you or the stress in your in your life or there's something else happening and and the gut is so powerful in that respect to kind of how it reacts to our body and how it reacts to um the release of cortisol or kind of you know the 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 chemicals that we release when we're scared or frightened or nervous or anxious you know it comes back to to that feeling in the stomach you talk about butterflies in the stomach and you know those kind of childlike kind of expressions actually um tell you a lot about what's going on and so um in terms of uh, my kind of the passion for it, if you like, I met somebody locally who was doing juices. She was making really great pressed juices. And then we kind of came up together with um, a drink, which basically she's she's the, the brains behind it. But we discussed a lot what, what is needed out of a sports drink. And um, it's called TYG, Train Your Gut. And it's basically probiotic sports drink. There's so many sports drinks, as you know, are loaded with sugars and nasties and things that are kind of not actually helpful for the gut and when you train hard you do release a lot of stress in your body because that's what you're doing you know you're effectively stressing your body so how to get that stress down quickly um through a through something that helps you kind of restore that balance in your stomach so um yeah it's definitely an area that kenny also my husband has had um gut issues all his life he's because his mum's a celiac and he's always been gluten-free but what he's noticed more and more is it's not just the gluten. There's other things that are starting to affect him. So he's been doing some investigating on his own kind of to try and work out if he's got some kind of bug or something. So we, we're very, um, very careful about when I'm cooking as well, you know, to make sure that um, you want exciting food, but not food that's going to aggravate him. So we kind of have to uh, get that balance. So it's something that I definitely think about a lot. And I'm, I listen to my gut. And you you drink mindfully because there's there's alcoholism in your family, so you have a a mindful approach to how much alcohol you consume. Yeah, I do. I think um I think when you have experienced addiction and alcoholism around you in the family, I think it changes your relationship with alcohol, and you can go one way or the other sometimes you know you either go kind of completely without it or you know you follow the family kind of path of you know perhaps too much and so I've seen that in both you know in in people I know and families that I know where alcohol has been there um but I don't want to I don't want to give up completely um I might do one day but right now I like having a glass of wine or a gin and tonic you know and it's really I said to Kenny actually I said to him this morning because we we had a glass of rosé with dinner last night and both of us felt really rough this morning because he made a salad it was his turn to cook and he made a salad can you believe that in the middle of January and um and so I said um I said um I said, oh, this feels very summery. So he went, would you like a glass of Whispering Angel? And I was like, all right then, um, to make it fully feel like summer. And this morning I felt quite rough. And um, he said, I said, I said to him, first of all, I said, should we just stop drinking until we're allowed to go out to a pub? Should we make that the kind of, you know, and he was like, that could be ages. <laughs> I was like, and? Um, but, I, you know, I don't want to stop being able to enjoy it do you know what I mean I want to kind of that's why I'm mindful because I don't want it to become something that controls me and I think that's Mm. when you're around alcoholism I think that becomes very um apparent that the person has lost control I I don't drink very often at all I'm I'm more of a chocolate girl but I do love having a glass of shandy watching the six nations because I'm a 
passionate That's Welsh a... rugby fan. Yeah. And I understand you are, even though Kenny played for Scotland, but you still support Yeah, well, Wales, I'm, I'm, right? my dad's Welsh and I represented Wales uh, at the Commonwealth Games. And so I, my team are Wales and always have been. And um, yeah, so there's a bit of um, friction at times yeah. on, on that, <laughs> that one. I mean, Scotland have been getting a bit better in them and they won the last one, obviously, back in lockdown in November. It was the last match of the... 2026 nations was delayed and they won in Wales for the first time in I think 22 years um but Wales yeah. generally have been on top uh for a while against Scotland so I haven't had to worry too much <laughs> yeah Wales are on the decline a little bit aren't they we'll see we'll see I think what transition happens. I think we call it transition that's transition. what we're going to call it right that's what we'll call it so what about um, the twins then are they are they Scotland they're Scottish fans? they're Scottish yeah oh. I tried I tried um, um but Ruben's very um yeah he's really committed to Scotland and um he really he's very proud of that and he's he's quite envious of Kenny's like he'll say to me where we live is a lovely part of the world they've got loads of friends but he said you know what I haven't got that daddy had when he grew up he said he was in Scotland he had all his like cousins and everybody around him and because he's from a big family of like boys and rugby players and you know and he said um he's got this romantic idea I think of living in Scotland of what it's like because Kenny lived in the shadow of the uh, Wallace Monument near Stirling Castle it's real Braveheart country so I think Ruben's got this kind of image of you know the more running through the fields kind of you know in kilts which it wasn't quite like that but um yeah yeah, he's he's very proud of his Scottish roots Because my, my kids support Wales. I've, I've won that argument in our house, even though I'm married to an Englishman. And to be wow. honest, he know, he sort of supports Wales as well now, because I think he can oh, see really? how much it means it means to the Welsh and the singing. Well, there's much, what, what you you much more fun at the Principality than you do at Twickenham. Oh, Let's be honest. Yeah, it, I try to go to all the Wales home matches, um, and the, the singing and the fact that the, st- the stadium's right yeah. in the city centre, you know, and everyone's queuing to get yeah. the pubs at 8 o'clock in the morning, and everyone comes down from the valleys it's a shame it's, and it's not going to happen this year what what do you think is going to happen this year with sport well obviously the six nations is going ahead without um without fans and it will be strange but i think it's important to get it played you know i think you can't postpone it because the shed the, the thing with sporting schedules is you just bump into another whether it's the british and irish lions or it's the leagues you know you just bump into another event so They've got to get it done, uh, and if they can get it done, obviously they should because it's important for the for the unions to get you know the TV rights and all of that stuff. Um, it's just it will be for me the you know the really the the one tournament where you just go ah oh, you know not having yeah. that singing not having that but it is what it is and then we've got to hope that um, but you know next year it will just be better than ever won't it you know twenty twenty two will be the best uh, best sporting year ever because everybody's going to be just so happy to be back in stadiums. <laughs> And permanently drunk watching sport. Yeah. <laughs> um, with your shandy. I don't know, Claire. My, Might take a lot shandy. of shandy. I know. I, I love a shandy. <laughs> You're making me because it's, it's so thirst quenching as well, isn't yeah. it? A cold shandy on a lovely, a lovely hot day. But lovely. Nassau Nation is generally not too hot, though. No, it's just something about standing outside a pub on, on um, Caroline Street, you know, with a shandy in my hand. That's uh, that's the Six Nations to You're me. English. Yeah. So um, this podcast is called Going for Goal. What are your goals for 2021? Uh, to get through it, <laughs> I think. I think I genuinely think my goals are to to keep kind of everybody in my house. You know, as a kind of I don't know. I feel like I've that matriarchal thing has become more important to me in lockdown because I feel like I've got to keep everybody together and, you know, you're, um, you're keeping them 
sane and happy. And I'm talking about the kids, obviously, although Kenny (laughs) comes into that as well. And so I think keeping them going is really important to me and driving them and hoping that they, you know, can, because they're going into sixth form and, you know, in the autumn, they're going to new schools. There's so much transition going on in their lives. Um, And to keep going with, um, I've loved doing the midpoint. I want to do a third series in the spring and I want to kind of grow that into something um, a bit bigger as well and try and kind of create a community around that. And, and that's been really, I've really loved it. And I've really enjoyed the reaction because I don't do a lot where I get a lot of reaction from women. And what's been so lovely about this is the women getting in touch with me because I do sport and it tends to be men and they tend to be saying things like, why did you ask that question? Didn't you know it was offside? You know, so, and so (laughs) it's so nice to get feedback from women who are enjoying the conversations. And so, um, yeah, I think I'd like to just keep going with that and, um, and keep, uh, I'm 50 in two years. So I'm 48 in April. And I'm seeing that kind of landmark there, you know, when you kind of go like, okay, physically I'm, I'm I work out a lot. I'm, you know, I'm fit and healthy. I feel fit and strong. I've got to put something in the diary. I think from a point of view of physical goal, I've got to get some new physical goals this year. I think to maybe Ooh. half marathon or something just to keep myself, you know, really kind of motivated. Cause I think 50 does feel like, um, a point where you go, oh, I ran, you know, I ran a sub two hour marathon, a two, two hour marathon. I ran a sub two hour half marathon. Yeah. I've got a world record. Well done, Gabby. Yeah, that's just a small aim. Yeah. A sub two hour half marathon. I think something like that would be a really good goal. A triathlon. Cause that's, that's the yeah. ultimate challenge. I'm just I a think, rubbish. I love too. swimming, but I'm just, I'm rubbish at front crawl. I'm a breaststroker and yeah. you don't see many people breaststroking a triathlon. No. I did a swim in a triathlon a few years ago and I was the only one it was open water I started doing backstroke and and, um, and Kenny was on the riverbank and this guy went what's that stupid woman doing and Kenny was like who and he went her he said when you lie on your back in a triathlon it means help and (laughs) so Kenny was going Gabby turn over so yeah that didn't go so well right top tip then no no backstroke in a triathlon also you can't see where you're going so you're whacking and there was like all these women in the water and they're probably thinking what the hell is she up to (laughs) so I really need to learn how to do front crawl properly that's what I need to do right well on that note thank you so much for joining me today it's been an absolute pleasure and um yeah good luck for 2021 whatever challenges it throws us thank you so much gabby logan Uh, I hope whatever age and stage you are at, you took heart and inspiration from that chat. What a wise and generally just really lovely sounding woman. You have been listening to broadcaster and host of the Midpoint podcast, Gabby Logan, interviewed by Women's Health Editor-in-Chief Claire Sanderson. As ever, if you want to comment on anything that we've raised in this episode, get in touch. All the details of how to do so are in the show notes. And if you've got a goal in mind and you want to know how to achieve it, let us know and we could be helping you get there in an upcoming episode. Likewise, if there's a celeb who you'd love to hear on the pod, get in touch because we are all ears. That's all from Going For Goal this week. We'll be back next Tuesday. Bye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.